Hi, welcome to episode 4 of Limp to the Finish. So, it's been a while since I've uh, last recorded. Uh, episode 3 was recorded in November, recorded a while back. If you haven't listened to it, please do listen to it. It was an interview with uh, a guy called Trevor Keeling, who had run 25 marathons, he'd run multiple London marathons, and it was a great interview to share his experience of running, uh, winning the marathon, coming last <laughs> in some of his early runs. He was a really good uh, guy, and he gave me lots of training advice. And shortly after that, a couple of days after recording uh, that session, uh, unfortunately he had a diagnosis of just three months to live, and uh, he passed away in uh, early February. Uh, and that's quite hard because he's my father-in-law. And that's why the actual podcast didn't come out for a while. Because I recorded it, and then he found that out. Uh, even though we knew that he'd been fighting it for a while, uh, we didn't know how long he you know, had. And then I was kind of struggling to edit it, because when you're trying to edit someone's last recorded kind of words as such, it's, it's quite a big thing. And so you need to get it right. And so it took me a long time. And... He's glad I did it. Um, he listened to it a couple of times when it was done and broadcast. So did his friends and uh, his friends down at running club. Uh, they all liked it. Uh, and, and, you know, I had a good chat to him throughout the last few weeks. Uh, as I said, he was my father-in-law. Yeah, it's been tough. And that kind of knocked everything and put everything in perspective. Especially because I've been counting down the days, if, if you haven't, my story, um, I started a long time ago, counting down 500 days to my birthday. Started counting that down, getting fitter, because I wanted to get fit before I'm 40. That was my whole goal. Uh, and I was counting down, counting down. And then I thought I'd enter the marathon for, for whatever reason. I didn't actually think I'd get in. Then I got a ballot place and realised the marathon was the day after my 40th birthday. So counting down the days and then the marathon. So I'm used to counting down the days. So when someone says, I've got three months, which is 90 days, I know how quickly that goes, and boy, it went quickly. Um, but he he encouraged me, and it's it's the, the struggle that he won't be there. Um, one of the reasons I did it, the marathon, was I kind of wanted to prove something to myself and partly to him, as my father-in-law. I always just thought he'd be there because he was there for his daughters and everything, and I just, you know, assumed he would. He'd been giving me advice for training. And so, yeah, if you haven't listened to it, please go and listen to it. It's episode three of Limp to the Finish. Uh, listen to the great man. It's in his own words. Now, this year has been chaotic. I, I went to India, um, where it's really bad outside. This was in, in January, and you couldn't run outside because uh, the bog was so bad. So what you had to do is uh, to run on the treadmill. I only managed to get there one day the week I was out there in the hotel. But I did get out there and I was, I was happy that I managed to do it. Uh, so that was good. I also ended up in February, actually no, March, start of March, I did the training. Uh, and that was in the hotel. I stayed in the hotel for a few days. Managed to get to the treadmill there. Uh, so that was good as well. But I have done some long runs uh, this year. My first one I did about 15k 
that was in when was that? The start of January. I done fifteen k. That was my normal ten k loop with a bit of extra in. Took me a while. Um, my ankle was hurting, and it was it was tough, but but I I did it, and I kept going. I'm going. I want to do half marathon. That was my my goal, and I've got to aim for this half marathon. Get it under my belt, and it's done. Whether I'm running all of it, jeffing, walking, whatever. I say I'll never be running all of it, but you know, <laughs> getting around there. And so I, I planned to do this big long run, and I, I ran with my wife. She ran with me. We we started doing um jeffing. We started doing five minutes thirty seconds, and then we moved to five minutes one minute. Uh, and then after a while, near the end, it was <laughs> just when I could uh, run a bit and then walk a lot. And my back was really hurting. I really wanted to do the half marathon. I struggled and near the end then the 19k ended up outside my house and so I did 19k I didn't have it in me to do the extra 2k you know go out my way to do 2k which frustrated me and that that was that was at the start of February then I had a bit of a break had a couple of you know bit, bit short training runs and stuff like that I couldn't really get running wasn't really in the mood and then I planned, I, I was looking to where I could do a long run. And I always thought, oh, I know, I'll run from where I live now to where I used to live, where my parents live. And I measured it, and I was like, about a half marathon. About 20-odd K. So I was like, okay, that'll do. It's perfect. And I know the route. And the reason I like to do this, I wanted to do this route, is because when I'm running... I always try and set goals of, okay, I'm going to try and get there, or get there, or get to the next bus stop, or get there. I thought, if I'm running this way, I've, I've driven down it so many times over the years, I'll know the next markers. And I did. So I'd know, okay, go along here, around the corner of the chocolate factory, get past that, don't stop, <laughs> get past that, got speed cameras, next speed camera, down the hill, pub. Then I've got to go up. So... I had markers as I went along, and that was really helpful to kind of push myself along. And so I set up this route. I did it at the start of March, and I ran on my own. Had a camel pack on my back, uh, got all set up properly, and went for it. Unfortunately, what I didn't realise when I'm driving, which you do when you're running, is hills. You, you drive up and down hills, you don't really notice every day when you're running up a really long hill for half a mile you notice and then down and then up and down and that really kind of killed me i was going along so I, was, I ended up doing quite a bit of walking well i didn't want to but i made it in into the the town i was heading towards just before i kind of got near to where my parents lived I kind of watch and realised that about one or two k short. And I'm like, I can't do nineteen k again. I, I have to do the half. That was my goal. I had to do it, uh, and I could manage it. Even if I was, you know, walking the rest of it, I could manage it. I wasn't in the pain that I was in last time. I don't know why my back was hurting and shoulders. Maybe the cow pack hurt help this time because uh, the cow pack was actually pulling back my shoulders and relaxing a bit more. 
So I went and planned an extra little route, detour around. And actually, quite while I was walking along, running along, uh, I heard uh, I heard someone shout out something. I turned around, and my wife was there. She dropped the kids off from my parents and come around and followed me. Um, and then she came with me for the last little bit. And that was really nice. Last little bit of company, going around the roads, made sure we got the distance right, made sure I hit that half marathon. And I got there, got to my parents' house, it was great. And my kids had done banners and they put them up on the front door. It was beautiful, so sweet. Uh, and I was so happy that I'd, I'd managed to do it. I'd run from my house to my parents' house, a different town, run through villages. It was really good to do to do that. Um, and I'd run half a marathon. It took a long time. It took over three hours. This marathon is going to be a long, long time. But I did it. So I could concentrate and build that up before the marathon in April. 1st of March still had you know, just under two months. But I'd done half. And that was my main thing. And although, you know, I needed to work on my speed and my strengths, and mentally I think that helped. And also, at around the same time, London Marathon had put out all their new stuff for the party at the back crew. There's lots of people running, and there were, you know, the paces, and their paces are running about seven and a half hours. So they know that people are going to run slow. They're, they're cut off, they say, about eight hours. But they had these um, paces for seven and a half. But even the paces were running, there were people cleaning up after them, and they were kind of dismantling everything around them, and, and spraying chemicals on the streets, and kind of hitting some of these runners, and the paces, and, and they were going, well, hang on, if you expect people to go at the time of the pacer is going, then why are you cleaning up the streets? The big thing that went on, London Marathon, uh, and the guy running it, Hugh, uh, was really good. Uh, worked with all the people that had um, been affected. Uh, it came out about this the new plan for all these people, the, the slow runners. And I'll, I'll include myself on these slow runners. But everyone who was slow last year and was kind of affected by this, all got a pass to this year. And the way they'd done it was really good. Not only did they have these paces going at these slower times, they basically had a party bus at the back that would go about the eight, eight or eight and a half hour mark, playing music and everything. And that would go behind all the runners. And that's basically the pace you had to come up with. And there's lots of London Marathon angels, they call them, and they'd run with those and make sure that everyone tried to keep ahead of them. And all the roads could not, the roads would be open and clean and everything, and the water would only be put away once that party bus had passed. The good thing about those um, Marathon Angels is that if anyone couldn't manage to stick, but that was still a struggle for them, then those individual um, angels would kind of come off, and they would walk with the person on the pavement and stick with them and make sure they got to the end. So that everyone could get to the end. So hopefully everyone would be in front of the party bus if not you'd be behind and you'd be uh, but on the pavement accompanied by someone from the marathon to make sure you got there and to, to make sure you got a clear route which i think was was excellent and that really put my mind at rest because when i look when i've done these long runs and i saw other people in the same situation 
And you do half a marathon, it takes you over well over three hours, and you're like, okay, this is going to take me, you know, well over seven hours to do a full marathon with everything else that goes on and stuff like that. And by the end of it, it's going to be tired. Maybe it could take eight hours. I don't know. And then you're really worried because you hear all these stories of last year. You go, you know, my whole thing was I just want to get, I want to get to the finish, I want to get a medal. I don't want to have to be on the pavement. Um, and I don't want to have to squeeze past. And I know people, last year they said, instead of getting to the finish line, you basically pass someone with a watch and went, oh yeah, well done, that's your time. Which must be, after putting in all that effort, after seven hours or eight hours or whatever of jogging, running, walking, for eight hours you get to the end and then, there's no big finale, there's just someone with a stopwatch. That must be terrible. Um, and so I was like, I must avoid that. And my pace at the moment, I think I, I, I would have avoided that, hopefully. But this whole new thing has really kind of put me in a, put my mind at ease. Of actually, and any slow runners who are worried about it now don't need to worry. Yeah. They will get to the end. They will get the medal. They will be able to go down the mile. And they won't get swept up into the party bus. It actually sounds really good with a DJ pumping out music and everything. It's a good excuse to go slow. Um, but it does, it does sound really good. So thankful that the London Marathon have done that because that's really put my mind at rest. But for any of the slow runners, it just makes it so much more. It's, it's an extra thing. It's going to be hard enough with everything else on your mind. You know, I'm worried about everything getting there, hanging around for a couple of hours, getting the right food, getting, getting toilets, all these little things that can play in your head. And then you've got to think about, oh, am I going to get to the end before everything closes? Well, at least that shouldn't be a big problem. I shouldn't have to worry about it. If the party bus is starting to overtake me, then I can start to worry about it. But my goal is to be well ahead of that party bus. So it's not long on the marathon and that's where i'll leave this podcast the next podcast i'll talk about what's happening now because as you know london marathon didn't happen on april the 26th this year and i'll discuss that in the next episode i want you to record this episode first and then I record everything else that's going on, still going on, in the next episode. So anyway, thank you for listening to episode four of Limp to the Finish. Next week, I'll catch up with, discuss the current state of the world and uh, how that's affecting runs around the world and, uh, and the marathon. Uh, and then I am going to do some more interviews with people. I've got a few um, people lined up that I want to chat to. And I'll catch up with them and see how their training is going. So thank you for listening. Please subscribe. And I'll speak to you all soon.